Hi and welcome to Think Healthy with Hayley. This is a podcast for women who are interested in health, fitness, weight loss and mindset. So if you want to feel more in control, enjoy food, stop dieting and just feel happier and healthier and getting to where you want to be, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the episode. So this podcast is based on an email I got a little while ago from a lady who got in touch with a struggle she was having and I replied to her with some podcasts that I've already done and a couple of blog posts from my website to kind of point her in the right direction and I also kept the email as one that I wanted to do a podcast specifically on and then I forgot. I got, I would think I went away on holiday and then came back and had all these ideas for podcasts and that one I missed for a long time until now. So I wanted to do an episode on it anyway and hopefully it might still help this lady and I think it would definitely help many other people because it's a really common struggle and I'm going to firstly just read out the email that she sent to give a bit of an idea of what we are talking about. So this email came through and it said... I'm really confused about why when things are going well, a meal out or a special occasion leads to me eating off plan or too much. I know I can have things anytime, so why did I eat chocolate after being cross with myself for eating too much cake? I've always been heavy slash fat slash overweight, call it what you wish, but I've always had reasonable fitness and it's never really impacted my health. However, just before COVID lockdown started, I left my job and things have started to go wrong. I'm 58, so postmenopausal, and I'm struggling to keep my weight and health on track now that I'm less active. My knees are hurting, my legs are stiff and painful, and I feel old. I'm very unfit and don't really know where to start. My belly is so flabby and horrible, I'm ashamed. There is so much conflicting advice online as to the best way to lose weight postmenopause that I just don't know what to do. Fast, not fast, cut out carbs, cut out fat, veggie, vegan, FODMAP, whatever that is. I just don't know whether I'm coming or going. I go to bed thinking about what I've eaten, usually beating myself up, and I wake up immediately thinking of what to eat. I'm in a right pickle and I'm scared I'm spiralling down to ill health. Can you help me? I need a way forward. So, I sent some info tips and ideas on what to do and this lady the last time we exchanged emails she was going to have a look through listen to podcasts and get back to me if she had any questions and I'm going to get in touch with her after this and send her this info and just see how she is getting on but really let's break this email down because there's quite a few things in here and it's so understandable to feel confused and conflicted about what to do because there is so much information online and you could find contradictory advice on everything. Now this lady's wanting to know what to do post-menopause to lose weight and improve her health. And I think what's really important to highlight as well is that the advice really is the same at any age. There are some extra kind of nuances when it comes to post-menopause, but I want this episode to be helpful for everyone. So the vast majority of what I'm gonna say is applicable at any age. And I'll give any more detail in terms of menopause when we get to that point. So firstly, I'm going to break this email into chunks and just go through it a little bit at a time. And the first few sentences were, I'm really confused about why when things are going well, 
a meal out or special occasion leads to me eating off plan or too much. I know I can have things anytime, so why did I eat chocolate after being cross with myself for eating too much cake? So this is a very common struggle and often where this comes from is a bit of a, a restriction mindset or dieting mindset and feeling like when things are nice and smooth and I'm not eating out, I'm being really good. I'm trying to lose weight, eating the good foods, avoiding the bad foods, not having chocolate and anything else that I think isn't good for me. But then when we go out, we tend to indulge and then the guilt comes in because you feel like you've now gone off that healthy plan. And it's when you're in that mindset of seeing foods as good foods and bad foods that then it can trigger just deciding to eat more of those things if you feel like you've gone off track with them. And where this lady has said, why did I eat chocolate after being cross with myself for eating too much cake? The fact that you were cross with yourself for eating too much cake just would have triggered probably that thinking along the lines of, well, I've ruined it now, so I may as well just keep going. The eating too much cake is good to look at because that's just something helpful to work on. If you decide that you've had too much of something, it's a really useful lesson. And it can easily be something that straight away triggers that thinking of, I've ruined it because I haven't been perfect. But it's very hard to be perfect with this. And it's a good thing to go out for a meal or special occasion and enjoy something indulgent now and again. Having some cake is absolutely fine. And it's very easy to sometimes eat a bit too much of it. But we can change that if we're willing to learn from it and make little tweaks and adjustments and find the lesson and then move on. What we tend to do is feel guilty and beat ourselves up and then our brain just shuts down. And it's like, we can't learn anything from this because there's too much guilt and frustration. So our brain wants to just move on and maybe move on first by eating more of that stuff because it tastes nice in the moment and it's kind of a way of delaying the beating yourself up again. You just get that instant gratification from something really tasty because you know you've messed up so you may as well just have more of it and it's just delaying the beating yourself up essentially you know you're going to beat yourself up anyway so you may as well just enjoy all of the good stuff which you see as bad and then you'll go back to being good again so in this situation it's really helpful to have a good plan for special occasions and meals out and really to be sprinkling in the foods that you love in an average week as well to be just including anything that you want as part of your life but it's about picking and choosing your moments as well if you're wanting to lose weight obviously we can't eat cake every day well we could technically eat cake every day if we were in a calorie deficit but it wouldn't really be that helpful and there's only so many of those types of foods that you can fit in and realistically we're going to want to just sprinkle them in now and again so that we get to feel great eating mostly nutritious foods. And those foods also, things like cake and desserts or other indulgent foods, they tend to be a whole lot more enjoyable when we have them less often. When we have them all the time, they can become a bit kind of, well, they're nice, but to have it all the time, it's not that special. Whereas if we're planning things in just now and again, and we're going into it knowing it's a conscious choice, and we get to sit down and really enjoy it, knowing it actually fits into our goals as, goals as well, that's a completely different way to experience it and normally a whole lot more enjoyable. So with this, it's good to plan for maybe having that cake, going out with a friend and eating cake or something like that. But then 
mentally rehearsing kind of how you'd want that to go can be really helpful. If you know that there's times when you tend to overeat these sorts of foods, often it is because we go into that situation feeling like we can't really get this right anyway. If we're eating those foods, we're going off plan. But if we're framing it as this is on plan, but I wanna really enjoy it and stop when I feel satisfied, knowing I can have that food again anytime I choose, then it can become a much calmer and more conscious, mindful experience where you do get to really taste and savor it. And with things like cake in particular, you often find the first couple of bites are just delicious, really sweet, really indulgent. And then as you go through that, I'm saying with pretty much any food, the further in you go and the more bites you have, the less it starts to be amazing. Like it's still often really nice, but it's always the first couple of bites that are truly the best when we're genuinely that bit more hungry for them and it's a new taste to our mouth. And then it just becomes something that as you keep on going, you start to feel a bit full, a bit satisfied, but it's easy to eat past that point because we're often a bit distracted or we're feeling guilty. So we're eating it quickly. We're not fully paying attention. So planning those things and enjoying them guilt-free really slowly and mindfully tasting and enjoying every bite is a really good approach to have. And even then, it's still easy to overeat. So if you do eat too much of anything, firstly, it's helpful to remind yourself that you don't need to be perfect at any point and all of us overeat at times. And then to look back and think, what could I do differently next time in that situation? Like, did I need to slow things down a little bit more? Did I need to check in with myself just partway through? Maybe you turned up to that experience just a bit too hungry as well. Like often if we're having a meal out or a special occasion, we're going out for cake or afternoon tea or something like that, we'll try and really save calories earlier in the day and barely eat anything. And then you turn up and often you're really hungry and you're more likely then to eat too quick, too much and overindulge at that meal just because your body is kind of driving you to get food. So sometimes having some decent protein and nutrition before you go to those kind of events can really help. So you turn up a little bit hungry, but not ravenous. And then you can feel much more in control of what you have, your appetite, and you've already covered your bases with nutrition in that day. So you've already got protein, preferably some some veg, some fruit, and you're in a pretty good place then to just enjoy the meal or cake, whatever it is, stop when you feel satisfied, and then feel pretty good to just carry on with life. So basically where this lady has said, I know I can have things any time, so why did I eat chocolate after being cross with myself for eating too much cake? That first bit is important. I know I can have things any time. That's great that she's got that mindset already. And sometimes we just actually need convincing that that's true. And that can come from planning these foods in deliberately into your week, practicing eating them mindfully, and then reminding yourself that you are enjoying your life when you're going out having these foods, it's part of life to have these events and enjoy them and you don't have to be perfect. And the best thing you can also do is have a plan for before and after that, in that meal, that celebration, that occasion, so that you don't have to think about it. Like after that, you've already got nutrition lined up beforehand. So you go into it feeling pretty good and then have something easy planned for when you're next hungry, whether that's the next day, nice easy options for breakfast and lunch or whether that's later in the day. If you're eating out at lunch, having something easy lined up for dinner, that massively helps as well so that you're not having to keep making decisions. You've already thought about it and you're seeing the bigger picture. You're not thinking this one meal wasn't great, now I've messed up. You're thinking 
this was a nice tasty indulgence, probably a bit high in carbs or calories or fat or all of them. That's okay though, because I've got protein, I've got nutrition around it, so I can balance things out pretty well. So that's the first bit. I'm gonna move on to the next part of the email. So next thing she said was, I always, no, I've always been heavy slash fat slash overweight, call it what you wish, but I've always had reasonable fitness and it's never really impacted my health. However, just before COVID lockdown started, I left my job and things have started to go wrong. I'm 58, so post-menopausal, and I'm struggling to keep my weight and health on track now that I'm less active. My knees are hurting, my legs are stiff and painful, and I feel old. I'm very unfit and don't really know where to start. My belly is so flabby and horrible, I'm ashamed. So this section, there's a few things here that I would love to help this lady with. And one of them is relationship with herself and her body. So very often like, we have this way of criticizing parts of our body that we don't like and calling it names like flabby, horrible, I feel ashamed. It's really, it's sadly really normal and common to feel that way and talk that way. And even to, to kind of write emails that way and explain things that way when thinking about our body. But that's something we would want to move away from and frame that in a way that we feel better or at least more neutral. Because our bodies, we only ever have one body. And if we want to get to our goals of like feeling better, having great health, losing weight, feeling fitter and stronger, we need to be just taking amazing care of that body on a consistent basis. And when we try and do that from a position of not liking it, feeling ashamed, feeling embarrassed, disgusted, calling it flabby and horrible, that can make it really difficult to take the consistent actions that we wanna be taking. Because we're not feeling great in that moment, we're kind of waiting to feel good. That criticism kind of leads to you thinking, I'll be happy when I get to my goal, when I've reduced my flabby tummy, or when I've lost the weight and I don't feel as ashamed of my body. But taking positive action from a place of shame and not feeling great is really hard to do consistently. So it saps our motivation straight away. It comes from a, a very low energy kind of negative place. And that's not the fault of anyone thinking this way. It's just how there's so many factors involved. It's how our society is, it's how, how we're kind of brought up to be self-deprecating. It's how we're just naturally harsh and critical on ourselves, particularly as women. But it's a mindset that doesn't help in any way. It just leads to a really uncomfortable negative feeling in that moment, which leads to us really being desperate to escape that and to feel better. And we think that getting to the goal will make us feel that way, but we have to then kind of force ourselves to get there, feeling bad the whole time until we get that validation from the scales and we get to our goals. But that's gonna take time. And in the meantime, if you're not feeling good, your brain's gonna wanna go back to what does feel good. And the only way it's gonna do that is often through seeking food, because food is an immediate quick fix to help you feel better in that moment. Whereas you working on your goals doesn't feel anywhere near as good in that moment, unless you're mentally talking to yourself in a helpful way, which often we're not. So we need to firstly be really working on appreciating the body we've got, and wanting to nurture it and nourish it and take care of it. Like whatever age we are, our body is gonna be with us for the rest of our lives. And it's been with us every single second so far and kept us alive, kept us moving. Our bodies are incredible. And the better we can treat them and take care of them 
and nurture them and nourish them, the better they respond. So if we can turn it into something that feels kinder, that makes a massive, massive impact on how consistent we are. So sometimes that can be just neutralizing the thinking because if there's the mindset of thinking my bed is flabby and horrible, it can be really difficult to go to thinking anything really positive and, and really believe it. But we can often neutralize that thinking along the lines of, I'm just not that keen on this part of my body, but I'm quite proud of this. Trying to shift it onto something where you do feel good. Like you could be proud of your arms that hug people or pick up your kids. You can be proud of your legs that power you around wherever you're going every day. You can be proud of body. If your body's had kids, obviously you can be incredibly proud of the fact your body produced a child. There's so much that we can look at that just even the fact we have organs keeping us alive. There's so many things about the body that are absolutely incredible. And sometimes just shifting that focus to anything you can get on board with can really help because we tend to look at how it looks and we forget a lot of what it does. And if we can focus on being proud and loving it for what it does, that's often a really good first step. And that makes us want to give it better food and to get to bed so it gets enough rest and to do some exercise so it feels stronger and fitter. And that can lead into a positive spiral. Now we've also, this lady saying she's postmenopausal, struggling to keep weight and health on track and now that I'm less active. Knees are hurting, legs are stiff and painful and I feel old, very unfit and I don't really know where to start. So when it comes to exercise, the first thing I would do is look to be just walking more if possible. Really, it'd be great to know if you've got a step tracker, then what are your steps at the moment on average and could you increase them? If they're on the low side, if they're kind of 5,000 or less, that would be an amazing first place to look, just gradually building up some walking. Strength training is always gonna be a massive benefit as well. And when there's pain, when knees are hurting, legs feel stiff, I feel old, it can be difficult to get started with that. And so that again really depends on where you're at at the moment, like whether you've got any experience of doing weights before, whether there's a gym you could go to, a lot of people will start with exercise at home and there's some info on my website and Instagram page that gives you plenty of ideas for that. I will link those in the show notes and you can have a scroll through my Instagram page anytime. There's always infographics on like exercises you can do at home with minimal equipment. So that can be a starting point. Yoga and Pilates can be brilliant to do as well. If you're in a position where you're in pain, like just getting into that gentle movement and stretching can be just brilliant a really good starting point along with just yeah doing some walking or anything else that you can do that would be great to begin with and then over time as the body gets used to doing a little bit more you can gradually keep increasing it but it's often walking is the first step and then anything you can do in terms of gentle resistance training a few squats and press-ups but squats could be very gentle and not that deep if they feel painful just starting to get that movement going and press-ups could be with your hands on like a kitchen worktop, a table, like something where you're in a high position because press-ups on the floor are really hard. But if you have your hands on the kitchen worktop, for example, and you're just bending your elbows, lowering your head and your chest down towards the worktop and then pushing back, that is a brilliant starting point for strengthening your arms, your shoulders, chest and core. And then over time that gets easier. You can do more repetitions and then you could start to move that down to something like a table maybe the arm of your sofa 
and maybe the staircase could become something you test out as well and then as you lower that down you lower your position it makes it a bit harder and your muscles have to respond by getting stronger again but just takes a bit of time so it's always really starting with what you feel you can do and just gradually increasing it in doable steps from there the next part of the email was there is so much conflicting advice online as to the best way to lose weight post menopause that i just don't know what to do fast not fast cut out carbs cut out fat veggie vegan fodmap whatever that is i just don't know whether i'm coming or going i go to bed thinking about what i've eaten usually beating myself up and i wake up immediately thinking of what to eat I'm in a right pickle and I'm scared I'm spiraling down to ill health. Can you help me? I need a way forward. So firstly, I completely understand that confusion at the conflicting advice. It is just overwhelming when you're trying to find some helpful information and you're not really sure where to start. So I would begin with the simplest, most doable approach that you can follow. Because if we're thinking at any age as well, whether it's pre-menopause, post-menopause, at any point in life, to get to a point where you're improving your health, you're losing weight if you need to lose weight or want to lose weight, and you're getting healthier and fitter, to get to that goal, we need a sustainable approach. Because you can follow a plan like fasting or cutting out carbs or going veggie or doing any other diet, and that can create some quick weight loss. And it may improve health markers even like to a degree to start with, because even just weight loss in itself from any any method can improve our health markers but if it's not a sustainable approach then it's going to be really difficult to sustain the weight loss and the health that you may create in that time frame you can get to a point where you've lost significant weight but if you cannot keep going with cutting out carbs or fasting or whatever other approach you've taken then generally people just slide back to the beginning because they haven't learned any other tools or habits that actually help them sustain the results. And so they just kind of go back to what they were doing before. It gradually slips back, the weight comes back on. And if you've lost weight through an approach that's quite restrictive and not, you've not had enough protein and you've not been doing resistance training, then you can easily lose muscle at the same time, which is never a helpful thing. And that's often why people gain slightly more weight than they started with when they do restrictive diets because they've lost body fat but they've also lost muscle and then when they go back to their original weight because the process was unsustainable they've now got less muscle than they started with before so their metabolism is a little bit lower and so going back to the same calories now means that they're gaining more weight than they would have done before as well so we definitely don't want to do that we want to always prioritize keeping hold of muscle and giving our body the nourishment that it needs while we're looking at creating a calorie deficit in a sustainable way. So fasting, not fasting, all of that kind of stuff, I would ignore that unless you've got any particular reason to look at any of those things. I would go to a sensible approach of balance and looking at including plenty of protein. Creating a calorie deficit is always gonna be important for weight loss, but this comes down to often having a plan where you've got protein in each meal and plenty of good nutrition where there's some healthy fats in your day, there's vegetables, there's fruit, there's mostly natural foods and you've got a structure and a routine to follow. Most people plan their day with three meals that have protein, they get a decent amount of veg in their dinner, maybe try and get some fruit and veg at lunch, maybe a bit of fruit at breakfast if possible. Even just that, having that amount of food spread out over the day 
often like regulates blood sugar levels, regulates our appetite, we feel a lot better. We tend to like reduce our cravings through just having that structure and routine and those nutrients. And that makes it a whole lot easier to then sprinkle in the other bits and pieces that you enjoy. But you're much less likely to grab snacks here and there and crave certain foods if you've got that nutrition in there already. And so the weight loss can often happen as a byproduct of focusing on protein, good nutrition and having a plan. It's helpful to include healthy fats in there too, particularly post-menopause and with, with painful joints. Healthy fats can really help with that and they're important for our health at any phase of life, particularly for women as they support hormonal health as well. So I would look to include healthy fats just particularly with that stiffness and pain in the joints. And that would be oily fish, that would be eggs, nuts and seeds, avocado, olive oil is one of the most well-researched and like nutritious healthy fats we can have. It's got a lot of research backing up its health benefits. And with this, I don't want to go into too much detail with the nutrition stuff here because there's other podcasts and there's info on my Instagram about it as well. I don't want this episode to be too long, but basically getting that balance is going to be really important and not cutting things out. So not cutting out carbs, not cutting out fat, not cutting out um, meat and fish to go veggie unless you want to for ethical reasons or anything else. But in terms of health, we benefit a lot from having meat and fish in our diet. So I wouldn't go down that road unless there's other reasons. But fasting, not fasting, I fasting having a, a bit of a longer window until we eat breakfast sometimes like having an overnight fast and making that a bit longer than it has been like sometimes that can be helpful and that could mean just having dinner slightly earlier and having breakfast slightly later so you, your gut has a longer time to rest overnight and it shortens your eating window the next day so if you start eating a bit later and then you finish eating a little bit earlier and that's your window it's it's easier to lose weight because there's less time to eat because you're following that kind of plan that can work well as long as you get enough protein in that time if you've planned your first meal to have protein and you've got at least three decent servings of protein in that window then it can work well for people if they if if you like doing it that way if it feels good then that can be a decent approach it's the loss of protein and therefore not getting enough nutrients to keep hold of muscle that's one of the problems with that approach sometimes but you can work around it and it depends on your hunger and appetite as well because if you get hungry first thing in the morning and you like to eat breakfast then then it may not work for you to fast and have breakfast later we're all a bit different with that and often the biggest reason that that people lose weight through some kind of fasting approach is just because they've shortened their window of eating so they're taking in less calories but you can do that in different ways you can take in less calories in different ways so Fasting is not magic, it just kind of condenses that eating window and it can be good to give the gut a rest for a longer period of time. But again, everyone is different with that. So I would start with having a plan for food and looking for protein as the first thing, particularly for this lady being post-menopause, once we get into our 50s and 60s in particular, by this point we've usually lost a significant amount of muscle compared to in our 30s is like when our muscle is at its peak and unless we've been eating lots of protein and doing lots of resistance training we've lost a significant amount of muscle by the time we're in our 50s and 60s and this is something we can positively impact at any point so there's lots you can do as soon as you start eating more protein and doing resistance training you can gain some of that muscle back 
But at, at that point, if you're noticing, I haven't been doing that training, I'm not feeling in a great place, I wanna lose weight, I wanna improve my health and fitness, meal plan for yourself and regular protein is gonna be a really good start. Also, including veggies, including healthy fats, all that good stuff. And that routine, following that, but also sprinkling in a bit of cake, chocolate, or whatever else you might wanna include, and eating that mindfully, is a great start in terms of nutrition. Then we've got the exercise side of things, keeping that simple, starting with steps and just a little bit of resistance training, depending on where you're at. If you've been to the gym before and you've got experience, obviously going back into that environment could be fantastic to do. And if you're open to doing it for the first time, I would always recommend going to a gym if at all possible, just because the array of equipment they have there and the, the potential for you to start where you're at and be able to increase the weight over time consistently because they've got so much stuff really helps us the, the best way to get stronger and to build and maintain muscle but anything can work at home with body weight or with resistance bands like there's always something you can do that will be having a positive impact on your body so at any at any phase of life this same approach is going to apply thinking about habits and lifestyle rather than thinking about trying to get quick weight loss if we're going to change this and help improve our health lose weight get fitter and healthier and stronger it always comes down to the same principles for, for weight loss it's a calorie deficit to maintain that weight it needs to be created in a sustainable way it's going to be through habits it's going to be through slightly smaller portions eating more protein so you feel fuller for longer planning so you've got enough nutrition you've got your fats in there you've got your veggies and having a routine so it's nice and simple and it gets easier to follow over time because you just know these are the kind of meals that work for me obviously you can experiment you can vary things you can try new recipes and you're not going to have the same rigid structure every day you can be flexible but when you've got a plan that just works most of the time it simplifies things a lot and your body gets used to it too and it starts to really benefit from that consistent nutrition particularly protein and then you set the foundation for working on other things working on building up your exercise and doing the resistance training which builds muscle for any of us building muscle is always a good thing to do and for us women we're never going to get big bulky muscles from doing resistance training unless you try really really hard and eat a lot of food with with that as well all we're ever going to do is massively benefit our health from keeping our body strong keeping as much muscle as we can because we will naturally lose that muscle over time but we can reduce that loss significantly by eating protein and doing weights and the benefits of that are just ridiculous i talked a lot about this in episode 135 which is one i'd really recommend listening to that was about the book outlive and it was condensing the key points from that book in terms of nutrition and exercise like what's most important to focus on so i would definitely recommend listening to that episode if you haven't yet that talks a lot about protein and the types of exercise that we can do and that will set you up for significantly improving your health nutrition just general there are a few different podcasts on nutrition um, that are worth scrolling back through they will be clear in the title and i will link them in the show notes or i'll put a little uh, description of which numbers are good to look out for and again my instagram page will help with that too but if we're thinking as well you're just starting out like you've been feeling overwhelmed don't know where to start i've given you an idea of what to do now starting with 
making a food plan, looking for protein. Again, you can go to my Instagram page for ideas for protein as well. And there's a sample meal plan that's also maybe a helpful place to begin if you're not sure what sort of things to plan. Starting with that, um, meal plan, protein, and building up steps. Like This sounds super simple and not exciting probably, but it's that that really works. And we get all these other things like different fad diets and monitoring blood sugar and going on a low carb or low fat or keto or anything else. All these things are just much more interesting because they're more to the extreme. Like they're, they're out there, there's something different. They seem like they could be the answer because we haven't thought about that yet. It's always the boring middle ground, finding balance, everything in moderation approach that actually works, but it's not sexy and exciting. So it doesn't get talked about and it's not something that many companies can profit from either. So they don't talk about it because they can't sell that approach very easily. They can sell keto supplements. They can sell books about different plans and blood glucose monitors and all sorts of stuff. They can't sell this, but this is what works and has worked for thousands and thousands of years ever since we've existed. Calorie deficit, good nutrition, daily movement keeps us healthy to the vast majority. So what I would also suggest is as a starting point, taking some measurements to see where you're at like right now, taking your weight, but also taking actual measurements like waist, hips, arms, legs, and dress size, like having a maybe an item of clothing that you are kind of finding is a little bit tight at the moment and you can kind of work through those clothes. So it's, it's a different way of measuring things if you've got something that you can try on and then when that gets like comfortable, find something else that's a bit tight. Often we've got clothes in slightly different sizes in our wardrobe and you can kind of work through that as another way of just checking things rather than relying on that number on the scales. Then you could also take things like your blood pressure and resting heart rate. Like you can get really easy, uh, really cheap machines online that are actually pretty good as well to measure that. It's quite a good health marker to check on. And that's something that can be really good to know at the beginning because you can see that significantly improve, maybe quicker than you'll see weight loss. And knowing that you've improved your blood pressure and your resting heart rate, that can be a brilliant motivator. And it's obviously a really important factor as well. You could also take other various other measurements, but those would be good ones to, to just have that starting point to begin with. And then to remember as well that weight loss will take time, particularly when you're following this kind of approach that's actually sustainable. If you've done any kind of diet before, you might have the expectation of like weight loss should happen very quickly. But thinking in the big picture, when we've lost weight quickly, generally it's gone back on for the majority of people. This approach, building habits, looking at things, small steps, like small changes, bit by bit approach, it won't create massive weight loss. It might have a good starting point. You'll see some changes near the beginning and then it will just kind of, generally it will slow down to a pound a week, depending on so many factors. It's so hard to say the exact number that it might be. And it depends on your age and muscle mass activity, all sorts of stuff. But knowing it's gonna take time and being okay with that is really important. And that's where the other measurements can be helpful because you can see more change there. And if you're doing any sort of exercise or strength training, which obviously I massively recommend, you could also measure things like, how long does it take me to walk this route like close to my house? Or like 
what weight can I lift at the moment in the gym or how many squats can I do or press ups can I do? Something that you can see, oh yeah, my strength is improving, my fitness is improving, I'm getting quicker and fitter. They can be really helpful as well. For this lady, age 58, post-menopause, not been that active recently, probably lost significant muscle. Weight loss will take a little bit of time. It might be weight loss in the beginning and then slow down. And that can get really disheartening if we think we just need to keep seeing that scale drop. And for any stage of life, it's the same, particularly for us women, again, that we can see weight loss can happen for a little while and then hormones start to impact things and it might go up again. And without knowing that it's not just meant to be a linear straight down process without knowing how hormones impacting things and how we can eat more carbs and that makes us gain water weight for a day or two that, that impacts the weight on the scales stress and sleep can impact it menopause impacts it too without knowing these things we can get very disheartened and even with knowing it we can still get disheartened but it's important to focus on so many other factors not just the scales and if you're seeing yourself getting fitter, you're getting stronger, you're noticing your clothes are fitting better, or even if you're just making better choices and you can look at your food for the week and think, yeah, that is better in terms of nutrition. I've had more protein. I've had more color from fruits and vegetables. I've had some healthy fats. I've eaten better. Like I've eaten more mindfully. I've had smaller portions. If you can see progress in those habits, you will definitely be improving your health and you will definitely see progress over time if you keep that going. So focusing on things that you can feel encouraged by and pleased with and proud of is so, so important. And that's where we, with my clients I work with, I'm always encouraging them to find the wins in the week, signs of progress, things they did well, things they can be proud of. Like even if it feels small and not that significant, it is significant. If you're seeing any change in any area, that is progress. And that's so important to look for. So I would, Keep it simple, start with a food diary, start with looking for protein or food plan or a food diary and keep track of things as well. So if you make a plan, tick off like what you've stuck to and if you make any changes, just note that down so you can start to learn your patterns as well and see what actually works for you. And then you can just adapt that over time and you've got some data to look back on as well. Focusing on getting in protein, eating slowly and mindfully, having a routine so you've got breakfast, lunch, dinner with protein, plan your snacks if you need to, sprinkle things in. Remember, you can't get this wrong. You can't mess it up. You don't need to do it perfectly. So it's just about starting to create a plan and tweaking it as you go. If you do that and you enjoy it and you look for wins, focus on habits, you'll be consistent because that process feels much more enjoyable than just trying really hard to lose weight and cutting things out and hoping the scales make you feel good and if they don't you feel terrible if we can move away from scales as the main focus things will improve and you will see significant weight loss over time but i would definitely suggest to this lady and to anyone else to really aim to build strength through resistance training and combine that with walking because we need them both but strength training is often what we miss particularly when we're maybe in 50s and 60s if you've not done it before it can feel pretty daunting as something to start but you can start with those simple exercises at home that are on my instagram there's lots of good stuff on youtube as well if you search for like an at-home bodyweight workout even for your age group there's videos tailored to women in their 50s and 60s and any age so 
having a look at those and just testing things out. Consistency, not perfection, is always the the key thing to remember as well. And that would be where I'd start. So check out episode 135 just for some bit more information and ideas on that if you need to. But check out other episodes too on just nutrition, strength training. It all ties in together. And I talk about the same thing a lot because it's the same things that make the difference in so many situations. If your goal is to lose weight, get healthier, improve your fitness, live a long, happy, healthy life, the same principles will apply. So I hope that's been helpful. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me either on my email, hayley at hayleyplumber.co.uk or come find me on Instagram or Facebook and the links are in the show notes. Have an awesome day and speak to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, if I can help you in any way, please feel free to get in contact with me via my website, hayleyplumber.co.uk or come find me on Facebook or Instagram and I would love to connect with you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll speak to you soon.